We are blessed this morning to have uh, Nikki Kamali is going to share with us, and we are so thankful for all of the Kamali clan. And these guys are amazing. I remember when Craig shared a little while back with the men's group and just how powerful it was when, when he shared. And uh, Nikki, we're, we're so thankful for you and just the fire that you bring. And, uh, you know, so many people here have, have been touched uh, just through, through what Nikki carries and what she releases um, in the prophetic as a, as a prophet um, just what she brings in this house is, is so important. And we have been wanting to get her up here for a long time. We've had to shift several dates and all this. And we're just really, I feel like today is the right time. And uh, let's just extend our hands to Nikki. Father, we just thank you for Nikki. And we just bless what she carries, Lord. And we just want to come even ahead of time and just say, yes, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. And Lord, I pray as she shares today, God, that uh, she'll feel us just pulling the word out of her. <laughs> and Lord, we thank you for what she carries, Lord, as a prophetess. And I just say yes to that, Lord, in this house, the authority that she brings, the love that she carries, Lord, for her whole family. And we bless you, Lord Jesus, that you are building your church today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all say amen. 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 Thank you. All right. Take it and run. Just stay in the room while I'm running, right? So good to be here with you this morning. It feels like family because it is family. I'm so blessed to be a part of Convergence and really thankful for Steve and Marcy and just their consistent love and support and friendship. They have walked through me and my family through good, bad, and ugly and Everything in between. Missing Marcy this morning. She's sick. So, Lord, we just pray for healing for Marcy, God, right now in Jesus' name. And it really is exciting, um, all that he's doing here in Convergence in the prophetic. I'm excited for helping with that behind the scenes. We'll be launching our prophetic teams in a fresh way in the coming weeks. And, uh, of course, prophetic trainings are increasing and on the horizon. So I'm really excited about what God's doing here and just to be a part of this family. And speaking of family, I, I'm very thankful for the Kamali family. <laughs> Last night, uh, Craig, he was, had it, we were all gathered around and they were just praying for me and blessing me and were committed to getting up extra early for me today. <laughs> so um, this is God's heart for his people, healthy families, both at home, husbands and wives and kids and healthy family in the church, and I'm so blessed that I have both here. Speaking of healthy families, Jason uh, just gave me a word. He doesn't know anything, so I'm not going to, he has no idea what I'm going to say today, or uh, Steve, Steve and I process some, but I just wanted to share with him, because I was like, that's, that's my message, so. Yeah, yeah I, I just, during worship, I just so, I mean, I know who Nikki is. She shakes things up. Like, that's just, she can't not do that. I and mean, I saw her shaking through this message. And, and, but what I felt like was happening was it was a shaking down of things and shaking down into a place of foundation. Because I know at the same time, her heart is 
to see people launched and to see people have a great foundation. And so, so we just bless that right now. We bless that place of foundation that you're going to create this morning, that you're going to shake the things down that need to be shaken into a place of foundation and identity um, in each one of us, that we're going to find a new place of launching and not like a, what I saw was not like a, an airplane strip, but like a rocket launching pad. So, Lord, we just receive the launching pad that you have for each one of us this morning through the words that Nikki speaks and through the words that you speak through Nikki in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, that is my heart. That's the goal this morning. He didn't know it. That's why we believe in the prophetic here. Yeah. Um, the Lord told me in a dream, it's true, we did have to reschedule several times. There's a lot going on for all of us. But he told me, I, I prepared my sermon um, because of all the, all the traveling that we as a family were doing about a month ago, honestly, because I thought I just leaned into the Lord and said, what do you, what, whenever, whenever I do preach, you know, like, what do you want to say? Made notes on that and just, like, you know how that is when the Lord gives you something that you just process it before the Lord. And, and that's just what I've done my whole life. I mean, I, I, I thought about being fancy today because, you know, I just thought this is my this is my first time to preach an entire sermon, let's be fancy, but I, uh, <laughs> I decided to forego fancy and just be real with you, and what's the reality is, you know, for however long as a stay-at-home mom, it's just been treasuring what God says to me, right? And so a lot of what I'm about to say is just things I've carried in my heart over washing dishes and changing diapers and as a teenager, just the journey of life and the simplicity of life and the secret place with him of just treasuring it in my heart. So some of the things I'm about to say to you are decades, that what he's built in me in a long time. And uh, may not be totally fancy, but it's real. And so anyway, I, I had written out um, kind of an outline of a message, but again, I wasn't quite for sure when it was going to happen. But the Lord gave me a dream, and he, he's, in the dream he said, I was going to preach on the last Sunday of November and that it was going to be a Jewish holiday. And I'm not really an expert on Jewish holidays. And for those of you who are, I'm really intimidated because you will have, I consulted one expert, Misty. Anyway, um, yes, I know. And uh, so I was like, a Jewish holiday at the end of November. I mean, it's Thanksgiving, right? Like, but I looked it up and sure enough, today at sundown begins Hanukkah. And I didn't really know much about Hanukkah other than it's the festival of lights. So again, that's why I try not to be fancy. They're just things I just don't know. Um, but there's three aspects of Hanukkah that they celebrate, which is, uh, which again, I'm summating a lot. There's a lot more history here. And again, many here know more than me. But it's victory over their enemies that led to them rededicating the temple and then there was the miracle of oil, where they only had enough oil in the lamp for one day to burn, but it burned for eight days. And again, not being an expert in Hanukkah, that's really my message, is victory over our enemies. Us really being that place where we as the church, we the temple of God, built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, it never runs dry. The fire will always burn, period, no matter how little or small that it is. So... All of that is rooted then, we're going to jump right in, in Matthew 16. And the foundation that, that Jason was saying that I was going to be released today is Jesus. It is the revelation of Jesus. It is the eternal question that he asked Peter, because everything Jesus says or does is eternal. It wasn't just for Peter in that moment. And the question is, who do you say that I am? 
Who do you say that I am? That question that I believe the goal is today to encounter Jesus and a revelatory place of who you say that he is, is the foundation for everything that he's building and for the fire of God to fall on it and consume us all. All right, so let's read it. In Matthew 16, starting in 13, it says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you, you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In this moment, we see that there was a heavenly revelation that was not revealed to him by what social media said or what people said, but the Father in heaven himself revealed the revelation of who Jesus Christ really was. And in that response, Peter said to him, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah, you're the hero we've always been looking for, you're our every hope and dream, you are what we've been waiting for for thousands of years, there is no answer but you, you are the Messiah, you are the King, you are the Son of God. That was all encapsulated in that one simple statement. But in that one simple statement, that revelation, the magnitude of Jesus that was given to Peter, this is what Jesus gave back to Peter. He, he named Peter. He changed his name from Simon, a reed, right, to Peter, a rock. And then he tells him the secret. He says, I will build my church on this revelation. Not based on Peter, but on this rock of revelation of who I am. And then he says, and the gates of hell will not overcome it, meaning I will grant you victory over all dark powers. Nothing that will come against you will be able to overcome what you just encountered inside of me. And then he told him how he was going to exercise authority in heaven and on earth, and, and that there would be no separation then, that he would bind and he would loose. All because of one revelation. And I tell you, Peter, and on this rock, what is the rock? This rock of revelation of who I am, I will build my church. On this rock of revelation of Jesus Christ, the gates of hell cannot overcome the rock of revelation of Jesus Christ. The keys of the kingdom, binding and loosing, are all dependent. Everything is dependent on this rock of revelation of Jesus Christ, and it hasn't changed. There is no strategy, there is no plan B, there is no fallback thing. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, and there is no overcoming separate from the rock of revelation of Jesus Christ. No matter how long we try to come up with a plan B, no matter how many times we're tempted to be fancy, it's him, it's always been him. He is the supremacy, all things are through him and for him and come back to him. He is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the son of the living God. And it's time for us to engage in a fresh revelation of him. You know, Peter, some people have misunderstood it. Excuse me. 
when you're running, you have to drink a lot, you know. That's right. That it was Peter himself, that he was going to build it on Peter. I get that. It, the, the reality of what this did to Peter was so life-altering. It didn't just name him, it named his story. But we know it's the rock of revelation of Jesus because it was prophesied through all through Scripture. In Isaiah 28, 16, it says, See, I lay in Zion a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who trusts will never be dismayed. And isn't it interesting that this moment, this encounter with Jesus for Peter, so radically altered him and was so ingrained into him that later on in 1 Peter, his letter to the church in chapter 2, he goes back to the rock. It says here in 1 Peter chapter 2, it says in verse 4, as you come to him, this is Peter writing, the living stone, the living rock, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, and he quotes the prophecy, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to those who believe, this stone is precious. But the, to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. Do you see in that moment in Matthew 16 that Jesus not only named Peter, he named his message, he named his life, he named his story. Steve's been talking about that lately. Only Jesus has the right to title the chapters of your life. We've discussed this a lot, you know, in our community, how much that word impacts us. But it is the revelation of Jesus that has the impact to name not only you, but your story, your message, and the impact you will have on others. So for Peter, despite his failings, despite the fact that he denied Jesus, despite the fact that just a little bit after he says something really good, he says something really stupid, it could not overcome the revelation he had of Jesus. And he specifically points out in his letter he goes back to it, and now Peter is multiplying this message. He's multiplying the revelation to the church, saying everything about you will be built on this revelation of the living stone. Capital S, stone. Us, little s, stone. It's all based on him. He is the chief cornerstone. There is no other foundation than Christ. We lay any other foundation but him. It will fail. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it, right? We know these scriptures. We are familiar with these passages. And yet, in our fleshy mindsets and our frustrations, it's easy to look at something else. But I'm calling us back to, just like an honor, with the rededication. I'm calling you back today. There's revelations you as the people of God have held in your heart for a long time. Let's encounter that fresh anew. Or maybe there's a brand new one. It's going to name you. It's going to name your story. It will literally be the defining thing over your life. The revelation of Jesus is everything, which is why the enemy is fighting so hard to distort and discourage your view of Jesus. 
because he knows that everything Jesus builds and your victory and the victory for those around you is based on what you believe about Jesus, period. Everything is at, on, is at stake on this, y'all. Everything. I am not overstating this case. Because Jesus himself said, I am building my church, my ruling people, on this revelation of me. On your revelation of me. Everything being built in you in Christ is based not on just things you heard, but what you know about Jesus and what has become inside of you. That revelation. Your victories, the victories of your family, the victories of nations are dependent on your revelation of Jesus. So how does Satan discourage us? He talks. He's a really good talker, y'all. I know that he's been disempowered. The cross is real. I know that he has no authority on earth, but he is allowed to talk. And I, I think we underestimate that. And the reason why we underestimate it is because we allow him in our head too much. Okay, I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. He's telling me to wait. All right, another story that illustrates this is David. David and Goliath. In 1 Samuel 17, we all know this story. Most of us do. I'll give you a quick summary in case you haven't read it recently. One of the most epic stories of all time, right? So David at the time, he has been anointed that he would be the future king of Israel, but he's still taking care of sheep in the back 40. He's not famous. His brothers are out on the front lines of the enemy, and the Philistine army is there taunting them, specifically Goliath the giant. Day after day after day, Goliath talks. And day after day after day, for 40 days it says, he's ridiculing them, he's letting them know they are worthless scum and their God can't do anything, right? You get the gist of the story. And David, a guy who's just been on the back 40, nothing fancy about him, comes to deliver lunch, which tells me moms do not underestimate the power of your lunch making, and dads too. You never know, this is the day. Cutting up my PBJs and I'm about to take down Goliath. So, so he comes up, he hears the taunting, and he asks this question. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So he keeps asking, he gets, you know, they're not too happy about it, but he's determined. He says it again. To Saul, when they bring him to Saul, like, okay, here's a guy that's crazy enough to take on Goliath. And he says, to, he says to Saul, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. He says it again. Now Saul, of course, tries to put his armor on him, you know, because it's a big moment. This is a big deal. This, this giant, this massive thing has been intimidating and, and, and um, stopping us from progress for the last 40 days. You know, let's do this. Let's make it big. And David's response to that is, no, been here, done that. 
Who, and says it again the second time, who is he that defies the armies of the living God? I don't need that. I just need this, right? So he goes, and it's battle day with, between David and Goliath, and, it, and he says here, in the great moment between David and Goliath, and this, I will read all of this. Goliath says to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? Because again, he didn't come with him with armor on or sword or spear. And he cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give you to the carcasses of the Philistine army, to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead. He fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David killed Goliath with a rock and a revelation. Do you get that parallel in scripture? Upon this rock of revelation, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. All David had was not a sword, was not a spear. He had a little rock, and he had a revelation of the God of the armies. that there, he, was a, he was the almighty God. And you understand that that revelation was so deep in David. It was the one thing he kept repeating over and over and over again. And he didn't just get it that day when he was delivering lunch. I think he got it when he was on the back 40 and he was alone with sheep. He was encountering the God of the armies. And he possessed that revelation of God. The particular revelation of God that was meant for David to turn him into a sheep boy, into a warrior king. It was the revelation of God. And no one else on those front lines of the armies of Israel had that revelation of God just yet. But they were about to see it because one person, one person with a revelation and a little bitty rock can take out giants. Because the gates of hell cannot be victorious over you and the rock of the revelation of Jesus Christ. So whatever's in your head and what's been tormenting you day in and day out and telling you it's never going to change and this is how it's always going to be, I am telling you it's time to lean into the rock of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And remember, whatever it is, it is unique to you, your calling, your ministry, the giants you're supposed to face. David was called to be warrior king, so he had revelation of the God of the armies of Israel, angel armies, massive power. Peter had revelation on building the church on that, on that stone, and that was his thing. Ruth and all of her loss and all the brokenness of death and dying, she had revelation of redeemer. Do you understand when you think about the story of Ruth, if you're familiar with it, you don't feel sorry for Ruth. You feel redeemer because she had revelation of redeemer. 
And here, thousands of years later, how many of us in brokenness and loss cling to the one revelation that a woman stood to get. And what was birthed out of her line never died. That is the power of the revelation that you are to possess. That is your legacy. That is the name that you should be carrying, the name of your story, the name of your impact on the earth, and nothing can overcome it. So for me, this is, this is more than just that I re read it in pages, although it is very alive to me if you haven't noticed, you know. Steve's like, run, let's go kill some giants. I remember whenever I was a, whew, a teenager, um, we grew up in a really abusive home. My dad is a longtime alcoholic, always has been, and, um, and he was mean, really mean. So there was spiritual abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse. It's a really scary place to be. Um, and that's all I knew, and one of, I won't go into all the details, the only story I want to talk about this morning is this one moment with my dad. It wasn't the first time it happened, but he liked to talk, and it was really um, emotional abuse kind of talking. For example, one time I, he found out that I shared a prayer request um, at a meeting. It wasn't even a church meeting. I don't even know how he found out that I asked for prayer, but he kept me up to about 1, 2 a.m. in the morning, and... Um, because he was physically abusive, and you know, there's real fear, you just sat and listened as he berated me, and he um, told me until like one or two in the morning how I was never ever to show weakness again, and certainly wasn't ever supposed to ever share a prayer request again. Um, and then, so that was just one of many encounters where I was forced just to listen to him and his thoughts about me, or his thoughts about how I should do life. So this one particular, um, night his issue with me was I was about 15 16 at the time it was me going to church because he hated the church the church had done him wrong and he had all sorts of stories of everything wrong the church had ever done to him and all the things and failures of all the people and I'm sitting here as he's laying the case about all these people and all these things and uh, he knew the people that I was hanging out with and so he he, I guess, had heard dirt about them, and he wanted to be sure I knew how foolish it was of me that I would choose to go to church, how foolish of me that I would even engage in such a practice. And, you know, when, when this has been going on for years and years, I don't know, there's a feeling that kind of hits you of maybe he's right. I mean, he's not technically lying. Everything he's saying is true. Those experiences did happen to him, et cetera. I mean, like, I'm not... Foolish. I know that it's coming from bitterness, et cetera, but still, you know, like I can't, I can't debate him. Not that he was giving me permission to debate him. It's a very powerless, helpless situation when you're, you know, a teenager and young and a very large man is doing this to you. So as I'm sitting here listening to him uh, say this over and over and over again for hours, y'all, this thought comes into my mind. <sighs> that changed changed my life and it was this it was Jesus and he says what he 
what he is saying may be right, but it isn't me. And in that moment, light came into my mind and into my soul. And my dad's still talking to me, but on the inside where my dad can't touch, where no one else can get to except what I let in, is the light of Jesus Christ and a revelation that that is not him. And so on the inside of me, I'm looking at Jesus now with my spirit eyes on the inside while I'm, my dad's continuing to talk. And I'm looking at Jesus and the stories about him, about him healing the sick and being near to brokenhearted and his commitment to his people. And I had this thought in my mind, your people may not be perfect, but you are. And what you build must be good. Won't you build something in me, Jesus? When people ask me, when they know more about my story, how, how did you get to be where you are? And I say the simplicity of Jesus, it kind of sounds religious. And sometimes I have time to go into it and sometimes I don't. But I'm telling you, the revelation of Jesus saved my life. The revelation of Jesus, of who he really is, of what he's really like, and what he could do for me altered my history, and it renamed me and my story. And the gates of hell, the torment of my dad, which would continue for years to come, could not overcome the revelation of Jesus in me. And I'm crying not because I feel the weight of my dad. I cry because I feel the weight of Jesus. And I know in the, a room this size, so many of you have stories similar to mine. I, I, I've been doing this long enough. I've ministered to countless people who come from horrific, broken places. But I'm telling you, if your revelation of your pain and your torment and your abuse and your shame and your regret exceeds the revelation of Jesus, then you are living an inferior story. And if Jason is telling, is saying and prophesying that I'm here to shake things up, it's that. I'm here to shake up the voices in your head and say, leave. They don't have to be there anymore. I can, you can I can literally be sitting in the presence of my dad talking to me, but his voice is not the superior voice in my head. And when it's tempted to come back, when voices in my head of how awful I am and how bad I am and all those things, I can turn. My sheep hear my voice and a voice of another they do not listen to. I can turn and I can lean in and I can say, Jesus, what do you say? And that is the defining message of my life. It is my name. My name is Nikki. It means victory of the people. 
And so in these moments, my revelation of Jesus and, the, and, and this victory is that this, my circumstances do not give victory over me. What happens to me does not give victory over me. I will rest in the revelation of Jesus Christ, the victor, who wears the victor's crown. And for the rest of my life, I will give myself to see victory in your people, Jesus. Because it's what you died and paid for. This past week, it just doesn't ever stop, though, you know? This past week has been hard. We got news of really heavy, heavy bad stuff with my dad. And uh, I'm sitting there. We were traveling, but my husband wasn't with me. And I'm all alone, and I'm just hit with this heavy, dark stuff. So where do I go? It's late. I'm tired. And I'm sitting alone in the dark. And this is what I do. I'm just looking at Jesus going, what do you want me to know about you right now? What do you want me to know about you right now in the midst of all this horrific stuff going on around me? What do you want me to know about you right now? And I'm just looking at him. And I hear him say, Savior, I'm Savior. And so, I know I'm getting repetitive here, but in this moment, I don't try to get fancy. I get focused. I don't try to pretend that I'm sort of some sort of glamorous thing or it has to be more than that. When, if that's the word he gives me about him in this moment, I just, it's Savior. And I just look at him as Savior. You are, you are Jesus Christ who died and you were resurrected and you are able to save everyone. You are the high priest. You're able to save to the uttermost. And I just meditate and lean into the revelation of Jesus as Savior. It's not the first time I've had revelation of Jesus as Savior. I'm just saying that in these moments, whatever he's bringing back or whatever is new, it doesn't matter. It's him. And so then I'm able to, in that moment, extend and do things that would be normally impossible. I'm able to extend forgiveness to my dad. I'm able to release my dad and trust Jesus in his life as Savior. Do you see that? Do you see where the revelation of Jesus Christ enables me then to release mercy to the tormentors? It's not my job to save my dad. I don't believe in codependent relationships, and I, I don't live in close contact with him because he's still abusive. But because of my revelation of Savior and mercy and the mercy that he's extended to me, I, without bitterness or malice or anything else, can release that to the man who's done the most damage in my life. Some of you in, that, in this place are getting stirred up and it's time to forgive today. I asked Jesus one time, I was like, couldn't you have given me a different dad? And he hasn't explained everything to me because Jesus isn't on trial anymore. He was once, but he's not anymore. So he actually doesn't have to explain himself to me. And let's be clear, the first time he was on trial, he was innocent, and he was crucified in the most brutal way imaginable, and he did nothing wrong. And whatever you think he did, he didn't do it. He has done nothing wrong. And he says these simple words to me. He says, I didn't do it, Nikki, but I'll pay for it. I'll pay for everything your dad did to you. The debt he owed you, he owed you a better life. I'll pay for it. I'll go back in the past, and I'll heal you. 
I'll be in the present and I'll release you. I'm going out in your future. There's nothing past, present, or future that is beyond me. I didn't do it, but I will pay for it. He has paid for it. He paid for the sins of my dad. He's paid for my sins and whatever's happened in your life. He didn't do it, but he's going to pay for it if you'll let him. And some of you are holding on to bitterness because you want them to pay for it. Let me tell you something. What Jesus can pay for is far better than what they could ever have done. What the enemy meant for evil, the Lord not only has turned it into my good, but he has multiplied it. I am surrounded by an avalanche of blessing and family and increase, even an imperfect family known as the church, because Jesus Christ himself is building this church, and he's a good builder. My opinions of the church are not about what she may or may not be perfect, and it's based on the fact that he's the builder and he doesn't build crap. And I can't believe that because he's building me, and I, I, don't, I won't believe that about myself. And I don't want you to believe it about yourself either. So we're going to go into encounter time. And this is the gist of it. It's time to encounter Jesus and let him name you and your story. Or maybe rename your story. What is the problem burden that is in your heart? Even if it feels small, like Savior, right, basic, the revelation of Jesus is enough. It doesn't have to be fancy. It just needs to be real. And I know many of you, as I'm saying this to you, and I, I've had so many victories in my life. I, I, I've lost count, but I recount them just to thank them for it. I know many of you, myself included, have experienced tremendous loss, tremendous loss right now. So, in places of loss, again, let's encounter Jesus so that his theme is the overarching theme of the story. We don't ignore that Ruth had loss and pain, but that wasn't the name of her story. I don't ignore the abuse. I don't deny it. But the name of my story is not abused one. It's victorious one. And every heart and thing that has been brought into the submission of Jesus Christ is worthy of him. I consider all things loss, Paul writes, compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I consider everything loss compared to this, knowing him. So I just ask Jesus, the oil of revelation be poured out right now. Oh, eyes to see. To see him. Look at him. Some of you have been too afraid to look at him. Look at him. If it's too hard to look at him as if you don't need a victor, look at him on the cross. When I'm at my lowest and I don't know where else to look, I look at him on the cross. A broken, dying man, beaten beyond recognition. I look at him and I don't turn my eyes away until he gets in me deeper than what I'm feeling, deeper than my understanding. 
I look at him. Look at him. Who do you say he is as you look at him? Who do you say he is? Let's just stand right now in the presence of the Lord. I just, I want Nikki to keep going here and to keep praying. I, I do feel though there was something she said, and I just keep hearing the phrase, the gateway of forgiveness. And, and just what Nikki shared about, we want others to pay the price. But it's much better the price that Jesus paid. And I feel like all around the room right now, there's an exchange happening. Well, you know, because forgiveness is, is this process. It's, it's something you walk through. It's not, it's not all instant. And I just feel like right now there, there's places where we just get to say, Jesus, I, I take the price that you paid. And I will not require some other person to pay when you paid the perfect price. And so I feel like we just need to be declaring just again, I forgive. And I I just want to invite you right now, you can just whisper it all around the room. I forgive. I forgive. I forgive. Jesus, we take the price that you paid on the cross, Lord, over what a person could ever pay back for something that's done. Lord, it, it it can't be done. But we receive the fullness of what of what you paid back and we step through the doorway of forgiveness even even as as job did when he got the the revelation of you as redeemer as he blessed his friends and you restored everything that had been taken from him and way beyond because he stepped into that place of not requiring his friends to pay the price but stepping into the future of what you had done Jesus in forgiveness and we just say we say yes Lord yes yes yeah yeah Those of you who are doing forgiveness, continue until it's released. It's going to be done today, y'all. Those of you right now, you've been stuck in your mind. You don't need to feel shame or regret about that. Or I have been listening to Satan literally abuse myself day in and day out. You can just let it go. That's the power of Jesus Christ is he's already done the work. Just turn your eyes to look at him. If you're having trouble seeing him, if you're having trouble hearing his voice right now, just start thanking him for something he's already done. So again, for me, I just go back to the beginning. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying on the cross. And I just look at him. Do that. Maybe some of you are hearing a problem right now. Maybe it's a child or a family member that you're still praying for. Maybe it's the country, the nation, you know, like, so many problems in our society. I encourage you, 
Look at him as redeemer. You can pull from the scriptures. That's, that's fair. That's legal. Some of you right now need to get revelation. Oh, that he is the God of the armies of Israel and no one can defeat him. It doesn't matter who sits on earthly thrones. Like, I'm serious right now. You and a rock and a revelation is victory. And that is what he wants right now. Some of you are called to government offices, even online right now. Some of you are called to lead in this country. And there's other nations right now. But I'm telling you, the victory, the things that you desire, there is no other way but Jesus. There is no victory but Jesus. You can have a good plan, but I'm telling you, he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And giants fall at that revelation, not your good ideas. And I just bless right now, as a mother in the faith, I just bless you right now. I activate right now the identity of Jesus in you. I activate these revelations. I say to these unclean spirits, torment you, just be gone. You have no place here. The blood of Jesus is here. Yeah. This week, we just step into it. We begin walking in the fire of heaven, just burning in us these revelations, each one of us individually, individually named, individually called. And you're going to see it. You're going to see it right now, this afternoon. Things are breaking off because this was always the way he was going to build you and build your life and build your work. It's this. To those who feel like you're in the end state, you're at later in life, bring it back forth. The dreams that you've dreamed, come into right now. Just remember the revelation of Jesus. Pick up your slinging stone and throw it again. Thank you, Jesus, for the revelation that you're releasing to us in this moment of who you are. And I just want us all around the room to declare who he is to us. I want you to speak it out loud right now. Just declare who he is. You are a redeemer. You are a redeemer. You are a victorious warrior. Speak it out. Speak it out. Just declare it right now. You are. You are. You are light. You are light. You are a warrior. You are the Lord of the armies. You are truth. You are the way. You are. You are restoration. Jesus. Jesus. hearing the spirit of heaven heaviness is breaking off right now the anointing of the knowledge of Jesus is breaking it off I was telling a friend uh, this past week that I was visiting with grieving is holy unto the Lord when we bring him our pain and our sorrow the sufferings Jesus himself was a man of sorrow and he did not know sin but heaviness is meant to kill you ho so break right now leave right now go ho 
the anointing of Jesus and his oil of gladness is coming on you. And the gladness is this, Jesus is Lord. And he's the lifter of my head and I will not be put to shame. Thank you, Jesus. I do, I just, we're a church on fire. So I just thank you right now, Jesus, the flame of heaven that's never gone out. And the first temple you sent, the glory cloud, and the second, whenever you told us to wait upon you, you sent the flames of heaven and wind, the wind to keep blowing it and stirring it so that it would never die. Working in concert together, and for 2,000 years plus now, Jesus, it still hasn't gone out. And so I say right now, flame of heaven, fall fresh and anew right now. Burn over the oils of revelation right now. And this is the boldness and the confidence. It comes from this burning revelation of who Jesus is and who he is for me, who he is in me, who he is around me, and who he will always be. Forever and ever, for all eternity, we will worship you. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain from the foundations of the earth. Worthy is the Lamb who is to receive all glory. You are worthy of your inheritance, and we are your inheritance. And I glorify you, Jesus, as master builder. You who have perfectly and faithfully built your church and built your bride. And we repent and we break off agreement that the church is doing a poor job or the church is doing a bad job. The church is your bride and your work is good. And the work you began in her, the work you began in each of us, you are completing until the fullness of measure is all filled up and you aren't going to stop. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, I just bless the new fire of confidence that's rising in you, that what was, what was on David, that was like, this is my moment, this is who I am, I was created for this moment. And I just bless that confidence over your life. I, I just feel like there's this new place of rising up with this fresh revelation of Jesus. That we're not going to be able to hide it. We're not going to be able. David could have stood back and just said, well, my brothers are up there. But he pressed through. And I, and I just bless the new confidence that's on you, that's rising up. That the revelation of Jesus that you carry will not be hidden. And I bless the fire of the Spirit of God that's going to rise up in you. That this is my moment. This is the time. I was born for this. I carry this revelation. My God is here and he created me for this moment. I will not be silent. I will sling these stones. And Father, I bless that over us. I bless that over us. Nikki, I, I just want you to pray off that too because I've just, I've just seen Nikki rise up in so many moments where it would have been easy to just back down. And I just want you to pray that we'll have that boldness and confidence and fire. Yes, I bless you. Oh, oh, that the spirit of intent. 
intimidation cannot intimidate you. The gates of hell cannot prevail against whatever hell you're facing right now. Rise up, church. Wind of the Spirit, rise up. Stand. Stand in the face of Jesus Christ and see it bow. See it yield to the degree that you've known the hell, to the degree that you've known the pain. Jesus Christ will exceed it far beyond what you can ask or think. He is greater. He is larger. He is stronger. He is mightier. He is the name above all names. He is the king above all kings. The Lord above all lords. You are exalted. That's what causes me to rise up. Is Jesus high and lifted up. Abuse is no match for you. Loss is no match for you. Death is no match for you. You are the king. I bless them, God. Bless your children. Rise up. I bless you. I feel like we, we do, we just need to let it out right now with a shout, just declaring that our God is real, that He, Jesus Christ is Lord. I just want us to yell out the name of Jesus, all right? On the count of three. One, two, three. ministry teams are going to come on up here right now. I want you to look some in the eye and I just want you to say, I bless the revelation of Jesus that you carry. I bless the revelation of Jesus that you carry. I bless the revelation of Jesus that you carry. I bless the revelation of Jesus that you're going to release this week. You are contagious with the revelation of Jesus. And I bless what you carry. I bless you as you go this week. Let's take it out. There's victory in our families. There's victory in finances. It's on you. The fire is on you afresh. And I bless that as you go today. Ministry teams are here to pray with you, to stand with you if you need some more prayer this morning. We bless those who've been with us online. The fire of God that's been ignited in homes as people have been joining us online. We bless you. In Jesus' name.